and welcome to Things We're Too Lazy to Blog About. I am Amanda Lauren, and I am with my co-host, Allie Levine. Hey, hey, hey. And we have Gwen Kellett. Kellett? I'm going to screw up your name. Kellett. <laughs> Kellett. Um, on the line with us, she is from Glam Squad Advisor. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're so happy to have you because it's so funny. I was looking at what you do. So basically, you help not explain. You know what? You probably explain what you do better than I can. So why don't you explain exactly what Glam Squad Advisor is and what you do? Okay. So kind of a quick background so it makes sense. I have been, or I was really, an agent for celebrity makeup artists, hairstylists, fashion stylists, and manicurists in LA for about 17 years. Um, And, you know, yeah, the lifespan of an agent in that realm is, you know, for a lot of people, maybe tops 10 years, but um, 17 is is an accomplishment. (laughs) So I... Um, at the beginning of 2017, I decided to take a break from the agenting role. I'm going to be totally transparent. I was a little beat up. It's okay. <laughs> um, you know, it, it totally, it's a seven day a week job and, and I love that I'm passionate about it, but you know, having arguments and trying to do negotiations from bed at like two o'clock in the morning, I just need a little bit of a break after a while. <laughs> so Yes. So I stepped away from the agenting role at the beginning of this year. And after I'd kind of like taken a breather, I looked back and I was like, you know, I have such a passion for the industry. It's a completely niche market, but as we know, obviously from LA, it's a huge market. Um, So I wasn't quite ready to be done with it, but I wanted to figure out crafting a way to stay in it without actually you know, taking on all the pieces of the agenting role that had burned me out. So I came up with the idea of a consulting angle that's never been done before. You know, up until now in the industry, you either as an artist, you have an agent or you don't. And if you don't, you have virtually no help, you know, navigating the business piece of promoting yourself, getting through your negotiations, figuring out, you know, the images for your website, the list goes on and on. And there are, the market is so saturated and so competitive that it's really kind of the rare few that actually do have agents. Most people don't have that help. So I decided to create a consulting business where I would take, you know, my nearly two decades of agenting experience and provide it for all the artists that don't have an agent right now. So I do, you know, hourly consulting work or I work with artists months um, in monthly packages and help them work through their negotiations, you know, how they're handling their social media, setting up their website, how they're pitching themselves, you know, so that they are not left fending for themselves because most artists, you know, they're, they are artists and that's what they excel at. Um, the business side doesn't come as naturally. And for me, that's, that's my arena and the domain that I excel in. So, um, so it's, it's a completely new avenue and, um, it's really, it's, it's taking off well, and I'm just, you know, kind of gaining traction and really spreading the word. So that's the basis of what Glam Squad Advisor is. And it's, like I said, it's chartering new territory, but it's really exciting. And I'm offering my expertise to artists all over the world at this point, which is really fun. 
No, that's so interesting because I think it is really hard. You know, we're, Ali and I are both part of a lot of private Facebook groups. And we'll tell you, every day something comes up with, they asked me what I should charge for a sponsored post or this, you yeah. know, this person emailed me this and how do I respond to it? And people are just really like, are really, it's hard to know the business. End. And it's like, especially with, do you work with a lot of influencers? I work with some influencers as well. So, and because those two industries, you know, as we all know, have now merged, they used yeah. to be really separate. And now that is not the case anymore. I mean, you know, on the artist, the professional artist side, you used to just sell yourself solely with your website. And that's not the case anymore. Your Instagram fully has to act as your portfolio. So it's, you're having now a merging of two industries and there are artists at this point who, you know, depending on their success level, you know, between being an artist and also where they're following, falling on the influencer side with their followers, some of them end up having two agents, one just as a role of an influencer and one, you know, agent that just handles their professional bookings. So it's, you know, it's the industry has changed dramatically in this scope, just even in like the last five years. Oh, completely. And then like, it's, you know, it's weird because being an influencer was not a job five years ago. And now exactly. it is. And now, and now it is, or people are like, it's now some people have a full-time job. I know. Just like, that's just like, that's all they do. And and they're actually lucrative from it. And they're actually like really enjoying it and brands like really gravitate to them and they like want to work with them. Well, the thing is, absolutely. It's really funny because we actually talked about this on another, actually, I think we mentioned it on this podcast, but we were doing someone else's podcast and we talked about it too. And I'd love to know how you feel about this. I find the situation with, okay, so I, I'm an influencer, obviously I'm a podcaster and I'm also, I write for several websites and if right. I get a product and I'm writing, let's say it's a beauty product. Cause that's a really good example where like I have companies that just send me stuff. Sometimes I get stuff in the mail. I didn't even ask for it. It's just a, like, ask Allie. I'm like, did you get this from this person? And you're like, no, like, <laughs> you, need, you need some micellar water. I think I have a three-year supply. I never asked for it. And it's great. Exactly. Like, you're, you're supposed to write, I was sent this. And I feel like that's just, you know, this the FTC thing. I think it's insane. I actually find it offensive because I think it downgrades what I do as opposed to people who work, if you work at Refinery29 or if you work at... I mean, like if I write that I, when I write things for a website, I don't have to write that, that I just received it, you know, but why yeah. does it, but if I put it on my own blog, I'm supposed to. And I think that that's kind of, I kind of call bullshit on it. So how do, yeah, you, how it, do you feel about that? You know, it's, it, frankly, it's irritating because it's, it's, it's another, you know, another, you know, issue in the mix of trying to navigate this, you know, by still getting, you know, the, the exposure that you're looking for the brands to continue the relationship, but you also now by law have to be transparent about it, depending on who you're working with. Um, and it's just like one more thing in the mix. It's, it's super irritating and really hard for artists to navigate. It's difficult for sure. It's no, and it's so funny. And the question of, do I have to mark this? Do I not? It always comes up and it's like, I, you know, it's very, very confusing. Although I will say, unless you're making a ton of money off of something or you're super famous, I don't think anyone will really have a problem 
But if right. you're at least at the or at least at the moment, I don't as think long as you're not a Kardashian trying to pretend like yeah. you're making money off your posts. Or, or you're, you know, <laughs> exactly. the you yeah. from and you're yeah. a real housewife. Yeah. Um exactly. I feel like it's very strange now because like brands would rather work with influencers than through traditional media. In fact, I think influencers are really taking over traditional oh, yeah, media as, as an authority. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, you know, it's sort of like, Oh, you have to say this, you know, the government is telling us what to do. And I, I just, it's, it's infuriating and people, people don't know. Let me ask what are common problems that people come to you, come to you with? Um, well, from the artist side, um, you know, I, I have thoughts about what you just said as well. From the artist side, it can be anything from clearly getting through a negotiation and figuring out the day rate that's appropriate, or they may have overlooked, you know, a really integral piece of the negotiation in terms of what to ask for. So I will help walk them through. I'll even sit, you know, via on the phone and we will draft emails together because uh, that's more my forte than most artists to walk through the negotiation with a client. But, you know, I have artists even coming to me in this same topic of what we were just talking about for the social media realm, even with, you know, the the tags that they're using. You know, some artists are forgetting, don't screw up your relationships with the brands you're working with by also tagging a competitive brand. Like, you're not going to go you know, putting up a post and tagging L'Oreal and let's say CoverGirl in the same post, because now you've just, you know, screwed up and probably pissed off both brands because they're competitors. And a lot of artists, you know, they're operating quickly and forgetting to think about those important components that now you have to be on the ball about, um, you know, to create, you know, your authority and your savviness in the industry. Um, and then also, you know, for websites, I mean, it's, it's the image selections that are going up there. A lot of artists, um, there, it, it's hard to step outside of your own mindset with the images that you've worked on, that you're passionate about, but to really step back and look at oh, from yeah. a client's perspective and weed through what shouldn't be on there. That's really hard for an artist to step aside and really oh, take that perspective. Cool. So I help with them endlessly yeah. with that. Wait, we were literally talking about this two minutes ago where Allie, because if sometimes I'm like, I don't know what picture looks better. So I'll, you know, text her pictures. I'm like, choose one. Yeah. So, and then, you know, before, and then I'll go and edit it. But it's really hard to see things yourself or to know what looks good. Yeah, well, exactly. even with styling, like with having some celebrity clients and different people that I style, like I have a hard time deciding because like, I think everybody looks amazing and I think everybody, you know, really looks fabulous. So I have a hard time like picking which one should go on my site and which one should go on social media and where they shouldn't be cross promoted and, you know, different things. And yeah. it's, so true. it's so important and such a big part of the puzzle, but it's like something that as an artist, I have a hard time with because I'm proud of, of course, all my work and all my clients. And I'm like, well, that looks great. And this looks great. And I don't want to not put it up. So it's so true. Yeah, it's really hard. And honestly, like the rule of thumb, which you guys probably already know, is that less is more. You don't look more established and more successful as an artist just because you have more images. It's always quality over quantity every single time. So it's better to edit down and, you know, keep things really tight, really with, uh, you know, it has to have an aesthetic flow instead of a lot of just mismatched components. Um, And, you know, I think, uh, you know, artists tend to forget that clients, 
like most people, just in general, have really short attention spans. You start to lose a client's attention after like the first five images. So you really have to weigh what you have up there, what the order is of your images. Um, and another rule of thumb, and it's saying that we always had when I was an agent is that you are only as good as your weakest image. So, which means your weakest image actually stands out more than your strongest image. So again, you have to be really careful with what you put up because if you feel, you know, only mediocre about an image that you're putting up to portray your work, it's not, it's barely even going to hit the mediocre mark on the other end. So it, it really takes some analysis about what you choose to go up, and it should only, only be the strongest representation possible. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's so true. And, I, like, in that yeah. sense, less is more. And it's true. It's hard as an artist for me with styling because I'm always more is more with my styling and what I'm doing and for the way sure. my art, you know, comes across. And everyone loves that about my style, but it's true when it comes to your actual website and everything else it's like a different story so I'm even learning that and I've been doing this you know over 10 years and it's like I'm learning that with my own website and like revamping and branding and everything and doing a website I actually redid mine last year by myself I don't know if you looked at my website but I did my whole website I by myself no what like amazing I, yeah and people are I mean it took like two weeks and I screamed at my computer and <laughs> cried 50 times but like, I think it's really, you know what? I think that like a really great thing about what you do is like, for me, I was like, I want to do my website myself. Now I think I'm going to probably redo it again in six months, but I'm like, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm not such a fan of my platform that I'm on. I'm not such a fan of Squarespace um, because they're very cumbersome, but that's a tech issue yeah. more than anything else. But my point is this, I think it's important for people to know how to do things themselves and then get a little help along the way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, from the, the platform of my consulting business, I mean, for artists, you know, who are repped by agents, you know, clearly you, part of that is that you pay out a commission. And, you know, the fees of working with me are a fraction of the cost of what you would pay out in a commission. And, you know, you're still in control. And quite honestly, the way the way the industry is going, you know, it, it, like I said before, it was very black and white. Either you had an agent or you didn't, and if you didn't, you're left for, to fend for yourself. With thanks to social media, now clients are just clearly finding artists directly instead of sometimes instead of choosing to go through an agency. So suddenly, that artist that does have an agent that just got contacted, let's say by L'Oreal, is saying, "Well, why would I pay a commission to my agency? Because L'Oreal just contacted me directly." So you're, we're starting to see, you know, it's not massive yet, but it's going this way, this exodus of artists who suddenly are like, well, if they're just going to contact me directly, what do I need the help for? Um, so, but, you know, on the flip side, then a lot of these artists leave the agencies and they start to realize, oh gosh, you know, maybe I don't really excel on the negotiating side as much as I thought. So I need a resource. I need some help. And that's, that's where I come in and, and help any artist walk through all of that. So it's, it's, it's a completely different angle. It's so interesting. It's, yeah, it's, it's funny. I think that it's definitely the trend of people more doing things, doing certain things themselves, getting outside help for some things. And I but also say that like, 
not everyone needs an agent or they can use you till they're ready to get an agent. Cause I think that like totally. at a certain point, like I'll tell you something six months ago, I don't think I needed an agent. Now I'm like, I desperate, if you're, if you're an agent or a manager listening, I actually really am looking for representation <laughs> because I have so much going on and things are, are nuts and I need some, yeah. and I need someone to get me to the next level. But I also think something that's great out you do is you can help people who are not quite there yet get ready to go there. And even when people with agents, I'm sure that they contact you and use your services for other things because your agent mm-hmm. can do everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just had um, a hairstylist contact me last week who is hugely established in the industry and definitely in kind of, you know, more or less the A-list niche of of celebrity hairstylist, and we just went to walk through a whole negotiation that he needed help on for a massive contract. Um, so it's it it my my help definitely spans you know the up and comer to the veteran artist who's been in the industry forever, um, and especially I mean obviously for the. The positioning that both of you girls have, I mean, you guys are like jackets of all traits. So you have the styling component, you have the influencer component. There's a lot happening there um, that obviously, you know, you guys sooner or later definitely need some assistance coming in one way or another, whether it's the formality of an agent or a consultant type role um, that helps really streamline and make sure that you're making, you know, the right business decisions and following the right path that's going to really make everything seamless and successful for you. I I agree. And even when you have an agent, you still like, look, at the end of the day, you could have the best people repping you. But at the end of the day, you're responsible for your brand. They're not. Yeah. 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 I I mean, for sure. I always tell artists, you know, I can, from my agenting days, clearly I can pitch you till I am blue in the face, but I have no control over how you present yourself the second you walk on set and what happens from that point forward. That's all you guys. So that's, you know, really that's, you know, the biggest component at the end of the day. And that's what gets the rebooking ratio going and creates the momentum for, you know, success in the career is, is really comes down to you guys. The agent obviously is going to help, you know, open some doors and help get some money, you know, hopefully higher rates that come in, but really it's down, it's down to you guys, the artists. It, it is. It's funny. Do people ever come to you and they're super talented artists, but they're just so clueless with everything? <laughs> I, I hate to laugh, but yes, that is um, that happens left and right because it's just not the forte of a lot of artists, you know. Um, so, you know, having to do a little bit of, uh, you know, navigating for them between the business component and sometimes it's even just like functioning through the week. Here's what your priorities need to be based on what you have happening. Like even that help is just sometimes all it takes. It's so funny. We were actually talking about this too, because Ali is very low on interns right now. And I actually had an intern and she left to go back. She decided to go back to school. And ultimately I decided at that point, and this was a few months ago, I'm like, I just don't want another intern right now. Like I would rather just suffer through this alone. Although I'm kind of mad that Allie doesn't have an intern because when I got here, I'm like, Allie, can your intern go get me some Starbucks? And I'm like, I don't have one. Do and I'm like, oh, the worst. I just re- and like, 
like I never ever ask her interns yeah. for anything. I'm like, yeah. Allie, is it okay if I ask your intern to like take a picture of me? Like I'm yeah. five years old and I don't like <laughs> people in my house when we record. And um, I'm like, I'm just like, can I like no, no intern, no, no coffee. And it's I it's just like, you know, it's it's funny because like once you teach people how to do things, sometimes I wonder, is the amount of time and effort and energy that you have, you know, training people, could you have just done it on your own and not involved other people? Like, you know, too many cooks and like, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that that definitely can come into play too, for sure. I mean, just getting those those basic <laughs> those basic needs and issues met. And, you know, it's, um, you know, sometimes it's even as simple as, you know, talking to an artist, but did you look at the call sheet? All those details were there, but somehow X, Y, and Z got missed. And now you're in a, in, you know, dealing with a problem that, that it just, it's, it's basic, (laughs) but these issues come up left and right, you know? Now, let me ask juggling a lot. Why do you think, um, and this is sort of unrelated to the first question, but like, why do you think that Instagram has become everyone's portfolio? And I feel like it happened in like two weeks. Like, I feel like it, one day we were like, oh, maybe check out their Instagram. And now we're only checking out people's Instagram. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it did happen really fast. I completely agree with you. Agree with you on that, and especially from the side of the professional artist world, where you know your portfolio before people had websites, your portfolio, then your website. That was everything. That was your component, and then it started to grow into, oh, maybe you should have an Instagram, and every now and then you can post, you know, some behind the scenes shots, or you know, after the story runs, post the cover. Well, now it's the artists have to put just as much weight and time and energy into their Instagram as much as, uh, as much as their website, especially because you have artists who are now getting hired solely from their Instagram. So you can't afford to kind of slack off thinking, Oh, I've got a website. Why do I need to double down in a sense? And, you know, really put as just much weight into the Instagram, but you can't afford not to these days. Um, especially because things move so fast and they're, you know, your followers, they matter. I mean, I, years ago, I was dealing with an ad agency who was shooting a world-class global beauty campaign. And the number one model that they wanted who was available didn't have, you know, as many followers as the second choice. And they chose the second choice solely because of her followers. And that's when I realized, oh my gosh, this whole industry is now just about to do a 180. This is going to change everything completely. And that's exactly what's happened. Yeah, so you so can't true. afford not to. Yeah. Um, and so true. And like, I mean, wouldn't you say like, as far as like you said, your website, it's like less is more and you kind of filter and you have to kind of like really make sure it's like honed in so people can really get a perspective of you. And especially like if they don't know you, like be able to be like, okay, she can do this kind of styling and she can do this and that sort of thing. But then it's like with Instagram, it's like, I feel like you can be a little bit more free with your brand and a little bit more, you know, open with your content because it's almost like that's what the people that are following you want. And that's like the engagement you're getting. Like I know for my Instagram, I used to only post clients. And then over the last year and a half, like I started posting myself and like what I was wearing and like style advice and different things. And all yeah. of my Instagram took off. 
so much more because people wanted to see more of me. And now I post more of me than I do my clients. And sometimes I feel weird. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm posting myself again. But I get more of a response that way. Exactly. And you also have a platform that you're building in that arena for some professional artists. They're not building it as heavily and nor have they had quite the success that clearly you guys have both had. Um, so, you know, from their side, what I tell artists like that who don't, um, don't really love being in front of the camera as much or have not gotten as much traction, you still, they still need to curate their images the same way they would their website. Again, it's, it's, it's less is more in a bit, but you have to really map out how your grid is going to start looking. You definitely want some components of you. You want your personality in there a bit. It should shine through. It should show what makes you, you. Um, but for, for the artists that aren't quite going the influencer realm, it, it, they, it's better to have, to take more of a professional approach with their images and the bookings that they're working on and still put in the behind the scenes. But, you know, for, for the likes of you girls who are doing such a fantastic job and on your influencer roles and the followings you have, it's so much more fun and you have so much more freedom to, to piece that into all of it. So it's like one giant package. Yeah, Absolutely. What are some of your favorite, like, Instagram tips and Instagram, like, you know, editing apps? Oh, gosh. I, use, I think I probably use a lot of the same things that you guys are doing. But I, you know, clearly I use, um, I use Color Story. I use um, VSDO. Um, those are kind of, the, you know, two of the components that I go in and out of. But, um I, you know, the artists tend to play with them themselves more than I probably do. Um, like, what do you guys usually use? What are your go-tos? Oh, my God. Man, it has so I'm, many. I have so many. So I take pictures on um, a Motorola, I think it's the Z2 droid. It was the one that we talked about in the holiday gift episode because it actually has a much better camera than the iPhone. So I sort of use it um I kind of use it like a tablet because I don't have a phone, like a phone number attached to it. So uh-huh. I do that. And the droid, it's actually much better to edit on a droid for whatever weird reason. Like I think the editing well, is oh, really? Also, it's a different camera. It's And just the camera is better. Um, I use Snapseed a lot. I'm super into Snapseed right now because you don't really need to use, there's a smooth filter. So you don't have to go crazy on Facetune or use Facetune at all. If you're like, I just want this a little bit more smooth. And there are just some like beautiful filters and options to play around with. And there's not like a thousand options there, which I kind of like. It's smaller. I think it's free. It's well curated and it's like very well curated. Um, so I do that. I'm like super into the Snapseed right now. Um, I need and, to check that out more. Thank you for oh, mentioning that. It's so good. I, you yeah, know, Amanda I, really likes it. It really simplifies things and it makes it fast and easy. I'm also into Facetune, but for not the smoothing feature, actually for the background feature, how you can change a background. And I'm oh, actually yeah. to, um, I, I use Facetune here and there, but I really um, enjoy um, Visco. Um, because I really think that I really enjoy that like Visco is different types, different like coloring and filtering, and you can bring up the brightness or bring up the darkness or the composition or the depth. Um, and you can kind of mess with the shadows and it kind of just gives you a little bit for me, like aesthetically, 
it's a little bit more aesthetically pleasing to me and it makes me feel like I'm kind of being a little bit more artsy with my photos. So I yep, don't do agreed. photo, but I like to do it with a lot and, you know, kind of mess with it a little bit and change them up be a little bit brighter, darker, um, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I love that I said VSEO. You're right. I use Visco all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I really yeah. Like those it. are good. Well, I will check out Snapseed more. Yeah, Amanda really likes Thank you for mentioning that one. Um, yeah. Also, yeah. another good one um, is um, um, Dark Room. That's a good one, too. And, and, and the other one, it's not Dark Room. Um, and Light, they're the competitors, but they're both uh, really good. E-N-L-I-G-H-T. Um, that's oh, really got good it. Okay. Also. Yeah. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, no problem. It just depends on kind of like what you're doing and what your goal is and what you're trying to accomplish with the look of the picture and everything. And I think every picture is a little bit different. Like, for me, if I'm posting something of myself, like I'll maybe like use a little visco and like change it up a little bit aesthetically and try to make it a little more creative looking. But then if I'm posting a client and I just want to like brighten them but not change how they actually look, especially because a lot of times they don't want to yeah. change, then I'll do like in light or a little bit more of like the snap seed factor or something like that that gives you a little bit of more brightness and you can kind of just fine tune like little things and it's not like too much. Got it. Got it. Yeah. This is, I mean, honestly, because, because I've been so caught up in my, my world up until this year of agenting, like I didn't play enough with Instagram until this year. So in the images, so now I'm finally uh, clearly with my business and all of that starting to play with it more. So, um, so thanks for the tips, ladies. Yeah. I was not super into Instagram until I would say a year ago, maybe not even. I was telling you for a while. Why Why weren't you into it? You know what? I because it's such an obligation, and because I'm more of a word person, and I love Twitter. Because I I still really like Twitter, and I still really think for what I do, for what both Twitter of us is still do, very important. Like people don't realize that they think it's like a dead platform. It's not, not going all, anywhere. It's like not. it's a very important platform. It's yeah, I, I barely use it because artists are so visual that really like Instagram becomes just my my major tool because of artists being so visual. Twitter I I do very little on. I think that it's so funny that you say that because we'll talk to people and they're like, we're not really on Twitter. And I'm like, what, how am I supposed to tag you? And I'm like, you could just send all of your Instagrams to Twitter and just, you know, spend a few, you know, grow your account a little bit just to have it on there. Cause I still think it's very, very important. It is. To, to yeah. Keep- um, it is. And it's a, and I would say, you know, cause I'm like Amanda, I've been on it for a very long time. And I would say, it's a very good business connect platform. Like, yes. Yeah. It's not great for visual, but like people still will respond to, you know, tweets. If there's, especially if there's a picture in it. Um, but also, you know, I think it's just very business and like you, you know, you really connect on there with people. And I, like Amanda and I both have made some really good business connections that oh we my God. to make money and do different things in our businesses that I don't think we would have found personally on Instagram or Facebook. Like I think every platform has purpose and I think mm-hmm. Instagram is kind yeah. of like the new Pinterest and mm-hmm. it's like very aesthetically pleasing and it's your grid and it shows like your work and your life and what you're doing and now with stories it's like what's happening instantly and that sort of thing and kind of following in Snapchat's footprints and then it's like Twitter is much more like business oriented and it's like only so many words you can say when you're saying something yeah. character. exactly and it's like you know more about I think Twitter to me is more about the real connection uh, versus a conversation. Yeah, exactly. As yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. 
I think that makes sense. With Instagram, well, first of all, I won't even get into the insanity of their algorithm changing, but like I feel it's really hard to communicate with people on there. Like it, it's really visual. You sometimes get lost. And I think like I sometimes wish it didn't have the algorithm that it were um chronolo- it were in chronological order because sometimes I'm like, I feel like I miss things. I have like constant Oh for sure. And it, it makes me nuts. And I'm like, but just because someone else, not a lot of people like that doesn't mean it shouldn't show up in my feed because I want to know what that person is doing. And yeah, it, that, that part's hard for sure. Especially because you want your most current work up there. And, but sometimes some of, you know, the best work you have, you know, it may have fallen a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago. And it's, it's super frustrating to lose that from like the immediate visual when people go to your, you know, the most, you know, current grid that you have. It's, it's very frustrating. And Pinterest, I think, really turned into a search engine. Like, I don't think it started out yeah. that way, but I, I use it as like a search engine. Like, I'm trying to turn my office into sort of a vanity cave, vanity cave, a woman cave, <clears throat> you know, vanity area. Like, I want to turn this desk that I have into a vanity. And I was like, looking up things and getting ideas, but it's not the kind of thing. I mean, I guess I could look on Instagram, but I feel like Pinterest brings you, it's, it's a little bit easier because instead of just tagging a company, you can click on a link to a specific item or to a website that will then have that, you know, will have that item that you want. Yes. Yes. It's funny, I with the less is more thing that we were talking about, I, I've always had to tell artists, I'm like, listen, I know you guys love to post, you know, your behind the scenes images, and that's great, you should, because it's it it just always gets a huge response. But I I had a less is more moment with an artist who was working, had credentials to work um backstage i can't i can't remember which award show it was it was a big one let's just put it that way um and the artist posted their credentials the morning of the award show and by the time the artist got backstage to start working i had gotten a phone call from the fbi what <laughs> saying that the artist is in breach of security because they posted the credentials of security breach and the artist got got kicked off the job and had to leave and i was like you guys you could just remember a little bit of less is more or wait to show your credentials until like after after the show's over which is not as fun but you got to be careful about that stuff yeah i think that's a good point and i think it's like uh you know with social media and working with like major celebrities and award shows and that like for myself it's like always knowing that like you like want to of course show off but, like what I do is like I'll take pictures and videos but I'll save them so that when I'm allowed later on that day or afternoon or night or the next day to post then I will and as much as I want it to be in the moment it's like some things just can't be in the moment oh absolutely absolutely and that's it's such a quick way to get yourself in trouble as an artist or lose a client or you know yeah. <laughs> have a huge drama on set these days. I mean, it's, you know, the amount of call sheets that all, you know, say no social media on set now just to try to avoid all of that. It's, you know, obviously it's the norm now. Um, So yeah, it's, um, you know, the social media element, it's a love hate scenario. That's for sure. (laughs) That's so true. Yes. Yes. 
But we've got oh, yeah, but a minute because our next guest is going to be is literally going outside. to be here. She's outside right now. <laughs> um, but just, I was. Where can people find you? And we're going to put all of this in the show notes. Okay, awesome. Thank you. So, website and thank you for having me is Glam Squad Advisor. Um, you know, social media handles are just at Glam Squad Advisor. And, um, you know, artists go to my site, you can, they can sign up for my kind of newsletter or, you know, monthly, monthly updates called GSA Soundbites, where they're going to get business tips, you know, and promotions of my services. Right now I've got an ebook that's going out to anyone who signs up for, you know, the top secrets of negotiating like a pro, things of that nature to help artists with their business, business dealings. So yeah, but um, yeah, I love the followers and traction and I can't wait to be working with more artists. And I thank you girls so much for having me on the show. This has been so fun. Yeah, no, thank you for coming on. such a good conversation. It was. It's really good information for a lot of people. And I know we have a lot of people that listen that are artists and influencers. So I'm sure you'll get some traction. I'm sure people will be checking you out and looking for your tips and tricks. So thank you for sharing. Thank you. Much appreciated. Well, thank you for having me on and we'll stay in touch. Yes, for sure. And happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy Happy holidays. As we always say, and by the way, just a heads up, I think this should be up before the end of the year, but we we have, because Allie is pregnant, we have been begging episodes. <laughs> um, it, okay, okay. Things get crazy with that, but it <laughs> should be. And as we always say, be fabulous. Be fabulous and Bye. well. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> How to chain Fonda One, two, three, four Get your booty on the dance floor Work it out Shake it little mama Let me see you do the chain Fonda Five, six, seven now If you don't know, let me show you how To work it out Work it little mama I know you wanna do the chain